Okay, good evening. You know, I heard a story a number of years ago that somebody came to the Briska Rav and they, um, feeling very proud, and they told him that I made a, I made a siyam in Shas. And the Briska Rav, sensitive person, detected that the fellow was feeling a little bit of, you know, exuberance about himself, a little too excited, a little too high on his own horse. This is, you know, of course it's important. The person needs a certain amount of gaiva. I remember once I heard Rabbi Freifeld was at the Torah Masora convention and they were talking about Midos and Anava and this and that and he stood up and he said, he says, he says, we, we learned gaiva, you know. I mean, this person has to have a certain amount of, you know, selfhood, certain amount of, but this fellow came, he says, you know, I, I made a seam in Shas. And the brisker of answered him back, he says, and, and, and what did Shas do for you, you know, like, so there's a safe I want to talk about. And the person say, you know, I learned it, I learned it, I learned it. But, you know, you don't make a siyam in Sefer Chovos Halavavos. Sefer Chovos Halavavos has to make a siyam on you. That's the, the, that's, that's the concept. One of my rabbis told me a number of years ago, we were learning during Elul, we were learning Musa, he going to be a great person. And he said something, he said, he said a line that stuck in my brain. He said, the problem with the Musa movement, he says, is it became a movement. <clears throat> Could you say maybe the same thing with Hasidus too? Is that when you try to capture something, you try to hold on to it and, 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 and make it into a, an, an external action, so then there's already something, there's something lost because now you've captivated. You know, the, it's the old Navardak uh, joke about the, they went to Bittal Atzmi, to nullifying the self, just the opposite. It was, to, you know, two elderly men, everybody knows. He's sitting there, Ech ben Gornish, Ech ben Gornish, Ech ben Gornish, I'm nothing, nothing, nothing. You know, that's how they were spending Musa Seder. And a new guy comes in with a short black beard and sits down next to him. He says, what do we do over here now? Oh, okay, he starts right away also. I've been garnished. I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. And one elderly fellow says to the other, he says, look at this guy. He says, first day and already thinks he's nothing. You know? <laughs> a person can be prideful even about, even about his, his uh, self-nullification. So it shows you there's some kind of, there's room for self-deception even in this area over here. So we're talking about, we're talking about the safer called Chovos Halavobos, duties of the heart. And it's, and, and, and it's impossible to institutionalize it, <laughs> but it's a guidebook on how to achieve something which is, which, which is essential. <laughs> it was one of the famous stories about the Satma Rebbe that he was at a, a chasana and the Rebbe, uh, there was a batran and the, someone came to the Rebbe and they asked him, you know, can, can I imitate the Rebbe? It's a famous story, can, can, can I imitate the Rebbe? And he says, sure. He was a self-effacing person. He said, you know, it's not my ego, imitate me. If he's going to make chasana kala happy, fine. So the fellow happened to do a perfect impersonation of the way the Rebbe Davins during Yom Narayim, Buri, you know, with, you know, with all the, you know, and, uh, with all the cantillations, and everybody was laughing, all the pun, and they were having such a good time. It was so, it was, it was so funny and levity. And, 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 and the Batkin felt, you know, the people were enjoying. He took a glance to see what the Rebbe's reaction was. The Rebbe was, it was like, it was like Neil on Yom Kippur. He was, was crying, he was crying his eyes out. And the fellow was mortified. Afterwards, he came over, begged you know, Mechila from the Rebbe, please, please, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to disturb the Rebbe, I didn't mean to hurt the Rebbe's feelings. He said, no, no, no. He said, I saw the Rebbe was crying. What was the Rebbe crying about? And he, he says, when I heard how you impersonated me almost so perfectly, the way I davened during Yom Neroim, he says, I, started, I began to suspect that I might just also just be an impersonation of myself. <laughs> you know, maybe the first shuckle that the person gives is authentic, it's real. You know, and then the next one is an institutionalization of that uh, of that shuckle. It's already it's a it's it's it's, it's an imitation. Lulav ha gazel, lulav ha yavish, puzzle. Lulav means low, lave. 
the person's heart is dedicated to Hashem, and, 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 and now it's Yavish, and now it's old, and now it's guzzled, now it's something that somebody else does, and that's the way we do it around here, you know, we do the one-legged, you know, forward, or, you know, or that's the way we do the head thing, or the, you know, because, because that's, the way, that's, the way, that's the way we do it, you know, and that's the way I always did it, and sometimes it does. Tenuas HaChitzonius Mareris Epinimis, sometimes it wakes you up to the inside, but it's not, it, it, it's not the fulfillment. It's not the fulfillment. <clears throat> So I will, it, it's worthwhile to take take a few moments and examine. So, so what is what is Chovos Levavos? Let's see what the Chovos Levavos says. It's worthwhile to take a look. Get your hands on the Sefer. It's found in English. It's accessible these days. It's not something you have to learn Aramaic or or, or, or know uh, archaic uh, Hebrew for. You know, there's always something lost in the translation, but you can get the general meaning of it. And in the introduction, the Chovos Levavos, he explains. He makes a case. Why is it, why, why do you write the Sefer? It's an, it's it's a nece- it's a necessary thing. So after reading the introduction, it's hard to understand why it's so ignored. I mean, to make a mus- to make a movement over it and to say like you fulfilled it by learning it, you didn't fulfill it by learning it. But to ignore it is also maybe a bigger vacuum that's created. So one of the things is one of the statements he says, and again, it's a little, it's a, it, 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 he says it's 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 necessary. It's a it's a necessary thing. The Navi says, "Lameli zivchechem." What do I need? What do I need all your sacrifices for? Let's think about it. Right, the pasuk, the the the, the mission says, ten lo mashalo, give to him what's his. Kiyatavishachashalo, because you will belong to you, you and what's yours belong to him. So what you can give to a Kodesh Baruch Hu? Kodesh Baruch Hu needs a barbecue, right? That, that's what the Navi said about the uh, about the karbonis and the mizbech. Lamali robes of I I need you to make a barbecue for me. I need you to give me back my cows, my roasted cows. That's what I need. You need my benching. Kodesh Baruch Hu needs my benching. That I have to say these words. It's necessary that I should unload these words after benching and I have to, you know, I have to fulfill and I have to say Ritzei or I have to say Yalava Yava. And if I didn't say it, so it's, it's, Hashem needs that. That's, what's, that's what it's all. I have to unload these words. What's the point of saying these words? What's the point of everything that we're doing? So the, so, so the Gemara says, Rachman Aliba boy. So the Chavaz of Chavaz explains something very, very frightening. In, it's exciting. It's a frightening, but it's exciting. It's important to know about it. And if we never heard about it, it, it this, is, this is the first day. In in Shar in uh, in Shar B'Tacham, in the in the fourth chapter, <coughs> he explains a number of different areas where B'Tacham is required, and one of the areas he says is that B'Tacham is required in order to understand that certain things we're doing have a payback in the next world. It's it's, it's hard to see what the result is going to be from, from from certain things that we're doing. How many psukim in, 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 in Sefer Vayikra, in, in, uh, in uh, Parshish Kedoshim, end with Loselech Rechil Biamisecha, and then it goes and says, V'ani Hashem, and, and the Pesach is crowned with V'ani Hashem. Losamad al-Dam Reyecha, and it ends again, you know, the, the Pesach sequence, it ends with Ani Hashem. And Rashi says over there, Muftach Ani Liten Schar, I'm guaranteed to give a reward. Why does Hashem have to say, Muftach Ani Liten Schar? Because these are types of things, these losas says, when a person doesn't go about, doesn't say something that he could have said, he squelched it inside, right? He's about to say a, a juicy tidbit, you know, something that, you know, and he, he would have scored points with somebody, it would, it would have been exciting. And instead, he bit his tongue and he didn't say it. So what does that sound like? <laughs> who, knew, who, who, who knows what he didn't say? Who knows somebody who wanted to get angry and held themselves back? Who knows, you know? What, what that sound like and what that felt like, the, the, the screeching breaks within his, own, within his own mind and within his own heart and how hard it was for him. Who knows? Nobody knows. The only one that knows, the only one who can calculate is a Kodesh Baruch Hu. 
So Rashi says over there that the, 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 the psukim are punctuated, don't worry, I, I'm paying attention to what's going on inside. And, and, and the Chavaz of Abbas launches off in a, in, a, in a brief discussion, that sounds like a philosophical discussion, and he says, he says, he, he says even though each mission of Perkyavos is also uh, uh, launched with a, uh, uh, a mission from Sanhedrin, he says, but he says, Olam Haba only comes, he says, for the mitzvahs, for the mitzvahs, uh, for the, for the, mitzvahs, the mitzvahs that, that, that we do externally, that people can see, for, for keeping Shabbos, for, for, for being from, for, for eating kosher, for all the things that we do, for shaking a lulav, we get Olam Hazeh. That's what he says. We get only Olam Hazeh. We live a good life. It's a nice life. We challenge. We eat five chalets. There's the Thursday night chalent. There's the Arab Shabbos chalent, whatever it is. The Friday night chalent. There's the Shabbos day chalent. And then there's the Sunday leftover chalent. There's, 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 there's the, 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 the Hamisha chalent. We, we're living a good life. We drink a lachaim in the morning. Someone wants to explain how come you see a, a good, healthy, hey, uh, like a Jew is it, 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 at, at, at 6.30 in the morning. He's finished davening of his and mina or something like that. And they come and someone comes out with a bottle of schnapps and Jews are drinking unabashedly at, the, at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning you know, in, in the early minion. Even the Muncie bus, rolling off the bus, you know, they're, they're passing around. And people, I remember people drinking L'chaim. And, and, and the bar, the, Mr. O'Malley's bar, <laughs> they're just taking the bar stools down at 12.30. What's a, you know, what's a, nobody, nobody would dare go in there and bend their elbow and pick up, and pick up a beer before 12.30. And Jews are drinking at, at 7 o'clock in the morning. So one of my rebellion once said very nicely, he says, the difference is because when we drink in the morning, we say lechayim, to life. <laughs> and when he's drinking at 12.30, he's drinking mechayim. He's drinking from life. Another distinction is that uh, we, we drink to remember. And he's drinking to forget. And maybe that's the same thing. And somebody else said that we don't, we, we don't finish the bottle. We just, you know, wet our whistle. You know? But he, once he steps in at 12.30, then you can, you can be sure that the person is gonna, not going to stop until he finishes the bottle or the bottle finishes him. Okay. So... So he says like this, he says, a person gets olamazeh, the good life that we have from, from keeping mitzvahs, the mitzvahs hanirahs, the mitzvahs that appear to the outside for this beautiful lifestyle. He says, but a person only gets olam haba for, for the chobos vavos. Ahavas Hashem, yiras Hashem, yichud Hashem. A person only gets olam haba for the mitzvahs, for the, for the mitzvahs of the heart. He says another, another parish, another possible explanation, person gets Olam Abba, only, he says, for, for the of he says, because we haven't got enough schusim on our own, we have to have, we have to have a schus rabbin. If a person doesn't have a schus rabbin, he's not a part of Kol Yisrael, then he can't do it on, no one in his merits, has merits alone, enough to merit that he should have Olam Abba. Chavos of Abba says it. And Reb Volvo brings it down in his introduction to, 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 uh, uh, to, to, to his Sefer, Ali Shor, and, it, and he didn't say it. I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody would have the guts to say such things. We're talking to Rishon over here. The Rishon, the Chovos Lavavos says that a person only gets Olam Haba for Chovos Lavavos. But let's explain it for a second. I remember one time we we, we had a schus in yeshiva years ago. The Manchester Rav came. I think it was a Tuesday afternoon. The Manchester Rav. Maybe some people heard of. Maybe some people saw. I saw him a couple of times that time. And that time he was a buy for Shabbos. We told, told looking at a, a face uh, uh, that was that was on fire. It, it, it was a, it was a, it was a forest fire. This face. You know, if you ever if you ever saw him, it was not it was it was it was unreal. 
he didn't speak on Shabbos, you know, except, you know, Divrei Kedush or whatever. He did, you know, he was, he was a special, special person. I have a picture of him in my office, sitting by the ocean with, the, with waves behind me. He looks like, he looks like he, he, wow, it's, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. You look at a special human being. And I remember he came to Daven Mincha, Mincha. And of course, you know, when we dive in Mincha, you know, so you have the, like, the little, like the dance steps on the floor, like Arthur Murray, you know, dance, you know, you go, and, and, and you know, you, you do your step forward, you do your step back, and you, you, and you bow, and you curtsy, and you say, Yashua, and you, and you, and you, and you mumble out the words. And so I, fin I finish, you know, Ashrei, you know, Kaddish, and then, and then I finish Shemar Esrei, and, and, and we're waiting for the, for the Manchester Rav to finish his Mincha. And he was like, 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 like an old bent lulav, and he was, you know, and he carried on for another 10, another 10, 15 minutes, and, he, and, and you, can hear, you can hear him sighing and, and weeping. You can hear him sighing and weeping. He was weeping and weeping. You can hear weeping. And I, remember, I didn't know what I was looking at. It's an appreciation course. I remember sitting, to the, sitting next to the guy, standing next to the guy next to me, shoulder up to him. I said, like, oh, I wonder what he did so wrong. <laughs> that, must have been a, that must have been a bad one, you know, <laughs> if he's already crying like that. You know, maybe he's carrying the pain of how many people come to share their, share their difficulties with him and, and how much he's carrying in his heart and, you know, and how, many, how many people he has in mind. And, you know, I, I, don't know, I don't know what I'm looking at. And I remember like a week or two later, I'm sitting at one of my rabbis' house on, on Friday night and the discussion came about, oh, you know, Rav Segel, you know, Rav Yehuda Zeb Segel. He was around. And, and, and one of my rabbis said, he said that, that Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zechot Tzadok of Racha, had, had, had said that, that Rav Segel was one of the one of the Lamed Vav Tzadikim. It's more super. It's not a it's not a Baba Maisa. He's one of the he's one of the thirty six hidden Tzadikim on which the world stands. So I used to ask these questions that used to, I don't know, I think they were annoying. I don't know why the Rebbeim were so annoyed by them. I thought they were good questions, but you'd give me these like these looks that shout like you know what are you wise you know what are you wise you know, a wise man and a wise guy. I felt like they were being a wise guy. I said if if, if he's one of the thirty six hidden Tzadikim and Rav Moshe Feinstein said he's a hidden Tzadik. So then, you, like, you just outed a CIA agent, you know? You just, you, 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 you just, you know, you just showed his identity. So he, he, he's not hidden anymore. You, you, you revealed him. He revealed him. He ruined it. He ruined the whole case for, for the hidden Sonic. And he gave me one of these looks that shout, like, you know. I said, well, what, you know, what's wrong? It's a legitimate question. And the Rebbe says, he remember he looked at me squarely. It was a Friday night. He, just, what, what, he etched it into, into, into my heart. He said, Rebbe Label, he says, you think you see him? He says, you see, you, see, you, see, you see the back of his neck, you see his beard, you see his hands. He says, do you think you saw him? He says, you're looking, at the, you're looking at the tip of an iceberg. He says, but underneath there's a whole subcontinent of devotion that you didn't see and I didn't see. He picked up the same art scroll sitter that you, that you picked up. Remember the brown and white art scroll sitter, the original one? He picked up, he put, let's say he wears the same quality thrilling from the same sofa that you wear, but it's having a different chemical re reaction with his heart and with his being than it's having with you. Obviously, there's a difference between him and you, and you don't see him. So a person can be out in the open like a purloined letter, and you can see him, but you don't see him. You don't see him. He's still a hidden tzaddik. Because he's got something called, he's got a, he's got a subcontinent of, of, of devotion and attachment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's something different. It's Mashu Acher. And that makes the difference. And Chavos Lavavos, he says, is therefore based upon, based upon, next world is based upon Chavos Lavavos. And the very, very simple understanding is because it's a relationship. It's a relationship. You know, a person can't come to Chobzobov says to the next world and say, I was my villain. I did this. I shook a lulav. I get a lulav. It's not an automatic. 
The same way a husband cannot come home on Shavuos or, or Rav Shabbos and throw violently, uh, 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 bang down the, 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 the flowers onto the table and said, flowers? For Shavuos? Yantif? Mamfra. And then walk out of the house. What's the relationship? Where's the relationship? And, and, and here's the anniversary, a ring in a box with a bow on it and throw it across the room, hit the wall, falls down. Here, throw it on the table. There. You like jewelry? Here's jewelry. She's going to look at him and say, what do I need your jewelry for? What do I need your flowers for? What do I need you? I need jewelry. I want a husband. I want a relationship. There was a fella that came to his rabbi and he said, I got a problem. He says, what's the problem? Married a short while now. And I, you know, I, I just can't seem to put a smile on my wife's face. I can't, I can't reach her. I don't know. It's not the same. Something's not. And I said, okay. He took chasen courses. He took the halachas, but he didn't take the, you know. Rabbi Sershi said, maybe. He says, let's, let's go down the punch list over here. He says, did you ever, did you ever get her flowers for Shabbos? Oh, no. Was I supposed to get her? Hello, you know, flowers, Shabbos, you know. You know. That's a good place to start. He says, you think it'll work? He says, uh, get, you should get her a nice bouquet of flowers, but it's not going to work unless you, you, you say something. The, the, you know, the, the note, you know, the, or the little speech that you give at that time, at the pro point of presentation, that's the nisham of the gift. Right? I, I, I never told my boys any lectures on before they got married because they didn't see anything. You know, as one parent said, my actions are so loud. Not a no one's a lecturer at home. You know, my actions are so loud, I can't hear what you're, I can't hear what you're saying. You know, if they didn't see anything, so, but this they might have missed. I told them, I said, that when you buy a gift for, for Rima, this is what I heard from my teacher, when you buy a gift for, for, for your wife, when you buy a gift, make sure it comes with a note. It shouldn't just be, it's, it's a gift. Because sometimes the bracelet breaks and the clasp doesn't work and this thing and the, and the other one gets, the other earring gets lost and like it's not a pair anymore. So what do you, you know, but it came with a note, you know, so this thing sits in this assemblage in the, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the old jewelry box, but the notes, you know, they stay. They never go out of style with a, with a rubber band around them in the back of the armoire. So the rabbi said, make sure you come with a nice, he said, but what, what, what can I say? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a poet. I don't know how to. I said, okay, let's start now. Okay, well, I'll give you like a, how about today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. It worked for Lou Gehrig. You can try it too. <laughs> yeah. okay. You think of the odds of a man dying of his own disease. You know what I'm saying? That, that's, that always startles me. Okay. What's the likelihood? <laughs> So today, I consider myself that he says, okay, it'll work, it'll be fine. I know some of my stuff needs explanations, and I see Hasidisha guys looking at me, so like, what are you talking about? Okay. We'll talk about it later on, Hasidisha. Okay, we'll have a whole chabura just on the, on the American style jokes, whatever it is. So, so, so the guy comes to, you know, he buys a big bouquet of flowers, you know, and he, he comes into the door of Shabbos, you know, and he comes out with the flowers. And a big smile sweeps across her face. The room lights up, you know, Herschel. <laughs> you know, he's so happy. And now he says, and the rabbi said, I should say, <laughs> today I consider myself whack, you know, on top of the head. You know, that's it. That, that ruined everything. You know, it wasn't enough, you know, just to have flowers itself, but to come and to say that the rabbi said, and they're not your words. So sometimes a person's davening. And, it, you know, and, and we're saying, I'm sent to hold Shimon Esrei. I said the benching. I did everything I was supposed to do. I was, I, you know, I was, I was Yotza Koladeus. And, you know, and, 
And what did I, what didn't I do? So the, so, so the in Gerson Ramban, he gives a very, very brief, it, it goes under the radar screen, he gives a very brief uh, but powerful piece of advice. It's transformative to, 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 to davening, it, it changes the whole avodah. You know, he says, take a look, he says, at the word before you say it. You're reading Baruch, you look at the word Baruch ahead of time, before you said the word Baruch. Now, like, I know the translation of Baruch, Baruch Atah, and now Atah went back. I'm reading the words in the rear of your mirror. I just said, you know, the, the, the Anche Knesset Gadol said, I should say. That's not the way you talk to, to, to Kodesh Baruch. We look at the word and said, Baruch. Next word. Atah. Next word. Hashem. And you look at the word before you say it. It's, 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 it's painstaking. I have to admit, it's, it's not easy to do. But it, it, it turns it into a nokach pnei Hashem, that now you're talking to Hashem. You're not just, you know, saying words and understanding the parish Emilim in the rearview mirror that the Anshu Knesset Golol said, I should say, boom, I'm talking to you, Hashem, with intentionality. That little, that little one step ahead, one step behind, that makes the whole difference in the tefillah. Because now the heart is awake. It's not, I need your shayna belibi air. I need air. The whole thing, I'm awake. It's ori, it's ori, me'afakumi. So it's a relationship. That's what I heard also. Rabbi Waxman speaking in, in his Shabbos uh, Agladul Drush. Yeah, chumras and chumras. It's a relationship. If a person's going to do a little extra, you know, if I come home and my wife has a dinner, you know, so, so fine, she can take it and put it like, like I remember in the yeshiva kitchen, the guy used to take it and just, you know, flop it onto the plate. Nah, nah, you know, soy, basar, soy, but, you know, and he puts it onto, he can do it like that. Or she could do it, she could put it onto a nice plate, and she could have a folded napkin, and she could have, you know, a, a variety of drinks and some other spices and just the way I like, and the color and the presentation, because the more she's going to put into it, the more it says, I love you. So it's not, a, it's not just a, it's not, it's not just a, it's a chumrah, and it's a chumrah, and, it's, and, and I'm more, and I'm looking, I'm more chumrah than this one, and that one, it's, it's, I want to show, I want an opportunity, it's my God, and I want to dress it up, and I want to be more beautiful for you. Without that, nothing we do makes sense. Nothing. We understand what the Chobos of Ovis is saying. That if we don't include Hashem, if we don't think about Hashem, then, I don't know what we're doing. Doesn't mean don't do the mitzvahs. Rahman Alibu doesn't mean don't do the mitzvahs and, and sit on a rock and meditate like a, you know, to be a you know, a cornflake or something like that and to and, 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 and to think. It means, it means to give. If you take a look at Cain and Hevel, right? Take a look, take a look what happened there at the beginning of history, the first, the first introduction, the Himikates Yamin. Take a look at the first first mistake in the, in this area of Avodas Hashem, the Himikates Yamin. What does Vihimi Kates Yami mean? Vihimi Kates means at the end of times, I saw in the arts roll translation. But what do you mean Vihimi Kates? Kates means the end. There's a definitive end. Vihimi Kates Yami, it was after a period of time. What do you mean after a period? Which time? So I once heard a parish like this. Vihimi Kates Yami, Vihavo Kain Mipri Adama, Minchal Hashem. Kain came with an idea. Vihimi Kates Yami, his imagination went to the end of times. Maybe I'm going to live, maybe I'm going to live 120 years. Right? had a birthday a couple of days ago. So people wishing me till 120. It was very nice. Made me feel good. But what do you say to somebody on his 120th birthday? <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> so even if you lived 120, or back then you're going to live to 930, you live to 969, you're going to be like Mishusela. Mishusela. 
You're going to live a long time, a thousand years. Death was already introduced to the world. Nobody died yet. But maybe someone's going to live that long. But after a thousand years, what's going to happen? Then the person is going to be forever. He's going to be with the Kodesh Baruch Hu for infinity. I once heard me, Pikachu, heard directly from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He said like this, he said, any number, no matter how large, is still infinitely shy of infinity. Okay, so certainly Kain understood such a calculation like that. I'm going to live a Google years, but then I'm going to be forever, I'm going to be for infinity with a Kodesh Baruch Wow. So I better begin to, to, to groove a relationship with whom I'm going to be spending forever. Good idea, huh? That's a smart man, right? He got, a, he got himself a geshaft, and he said, I'm going to bring something to Hashem. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to start to send presents and gifts to, to make sure that when I, you know, that the chosen sent to the kala, we're going to come to the chup, and I want to make sure that, that we have some familiarity by the time we get there. It's a nice thing. It's a great idea. He came up with an original idea. And then his brother went one step. We're going to go, go into everything, but he, he, he made an improvement on it. And the Kutzke Rebbe says something unbelievable. Take no prisoners, leave no scars. He cuts right to the Pasuk over here. And as an extra pronoun, the Hevel Hevi Gam Hu. He also brought Hu. What's the Hu? What's the extra pronoun? The Hevel Hevi. The Hevel Hevi Gam. He, or what's the Gam? Gam Hu. What's the Gam Hu? The also He. What's the extra pronoun with the Gam? What, what, what's it coming to include? So the Kutzke Rebbe says, the Hevel Hevi Gam Hu. Hevel also brought himself. He wrote the note. He didn't give a little barbecue in the backyard or the, the fruit that came off. There was no description of the quality of the fruit that Cain brought. It was a beautiful idea, but he brought, you know, the second best stuff. And now it tells us, Vehevel Hevi Gam, who he brought himself. He says, Mi Sono, and he brought the firstlings, and he brought of a sheep, and he brought also from the fat ones, the, the, the hefty ones, which implies from the lack of description to what Cain brought, that Cain brought only the, the bruised fruit at the end of the week. <coughs> And Hevel brought the first cut of, the first slice of the pie was, was for a Kodesh Baruch This bud's for you. This is for you, a Kodesh Baruch And it's proven out in the Pusik. So he says, V'yisha Hashem el Hevel. And Hashem turned to Hevel, ve'el minchasa. He turned to Hevel and his mincha. Both of them. The person brought, the husband brought a nice ring and he brought a nice gift too. Both of those things are required. Chavos levavos. We go to the Akedah, and Avram Avinu was willing to give everything. And there was nothing more everything he was willing to give. His heart was stretching out to the heavens. Nobody was ever willing to give something that was more valuable. Nobody had ever had in everything like, like Abraham had in the Yitzchak. And he was willing to do it. He was willing to give everything. And then he brings a little, sh- a little ram. Big deal, the ram was a nothing. But willing to bring everything and then doing whatever you can, wow, that's a powerful combination. Because then that, every, that little thing becomes like, that little ram becomes like you brought everything. It vaults up. It's not just a ram anymore. It's, it's Yitzchak. It's, it's, it's everything. Ten lo mashalo, Give to him what's yours because you and what's yours belong to him. So Kodesh Baruch Hu says, where's your heart? That was the first question he asked to, asked to, 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 to Adam after he went off. He swerved off the road. Ayeka, where are you? Where are you? He wasn't lost from the GPS. Even the GPS knows where we are when we go off road. So Kodesh Baruch Hu didn't know where he was, Ayeka, like on the, the horizontal plane. Ayeka, where are you in relationship to me? 
Where are you? This is for you to answer the question. Not for me to know where you are, but for you to know where you are. Ayeka, where are you? And the whole fish above everything is built upon the same osios with a different nikud that says, Eka, how did it happen? Because it's the same question. Because I'll tell us. How did it happen that we ended up in this situation? How did we end up, you know, in, 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 stuck in the deep grass over here? How did we end up like this? And it's the same thing, Ayeka, because we, because we didn't hear, we didn't answer the properly the question, Ayeka. And Ayeka really means, where's your thoughts? Because the Baal Shem Tov said an unbelievable thing. He says, wherever a person's thoughts are, Chovz Levavos doesn't mean the heart. It means, it means the mind. Levavos means actually the heart of hearts, even your conscious and your subconscious mind. Levav and anything is, is, is multiplied, the letters doubled in Leva's heart, and Levavos is, is the heart of hearts. Where, where's your heart of hearts? Where's your real thoughts? Where's your thoughts? Where's your thoughts? The Baal Shem Tov says, wherever a person's thoughts are, that is where they are entirely. How about that? A person could be standing in the middle of Times Square, waiting for the, for the Muncie bus to come back, and, and, and you got a Chapa Mincha on the side over there. He's in the middle of Times Square, and, 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 and suddenly it, it's Shvisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid, and suddenly he's standing over there, and he's at, he's at the Kosa. And he's reaching into the Kodesh Kedoshim, and, 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 he's, and he has a Yichud with Hashem in, in, in Times Square. Ragli Bamara Roshi Bamizra. Beautiful. Boom, because that's where he is. And a person could be standing at the Kosa and checking his phone and busy over here. And he can be in Times Square in his mind. And this is such a deep, private, personal thing that nobody in the whole world, this is real, this is the true arena of Bechira. Because we can all be trained, the Chavaz Baba says, in the, in the arena of, of uh, his oris ha-mitzvahs, his oris ha-torah, which means that the person is being, is being cooked from the outside. One of my rabbis said there's two different ways that people cook. You know, the old, the old fashioned way is you cook something from the outside. And that's what education is. He has a whole uh, section that's called Sharavodis Elokim. He talks about one way of cooking is from the outside in. You put a steak, you put a, a, a roast into the oven, 450 degrees. You throw in some good spice. Some, I'm getting hungry already. You throw in some, some garlic, you know, and you let it sit there for, you know, till it browns or until in, in, for, for three and a half hours. I don't know, whatever. And then you want to check what's going on in the inside. I remember my mother used to have one of these things that looked like it's something you kill a vampire with, you know, like one of those steaks you stick into the middle to find out what's the temperature on the inside. You know, it's got like a little thermometer and you stick, you know, and you, and you, you, you zets it right into the middle of it. And then you cut open this thing, it looks like it's toasty, like it's like, it's like a, 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 good, a, a good piece of uh, dark cooked meat and you get to the middle and it's still frozen on the inside. How did such a thing happen? Because it was cooking from the outside but it never got to the inside. It didn't get to the high, didn't reach the, didn't, it didn't reach the panemius. The panemius was reaching to the outside and the outside reached, and, and it missed. And then you got something else. It's called microwave cooking. Microwave cooking is something else. You take a frozen hot dog, you put it in the flashic microwave, you know, I don't know, it shakes up the molecules. And he said, I'm in a hurry, I gotta go. And it has these little, still has the ice crystals outside. He said, I'll eat it like this. And then you take a bite of it, ah, and you burnt your tongue because it's on fire on the inside. And sometimes you find somebody 
find somebody. I remember there was a guy, I, 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 I was in New Square, dominating one place. I shouldn't even remember, whatever. There was. And there was a guy standing there, I know. And he's wearing shorts. There's a guy standing there in shorts and work boots, tall fella. And I know, I know from, from Orsamech. And, and, and after Marav, you know, I'm leaving, and there's a guy standing in the back, like, like he's, he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. And, and later on, this fellow comes over to me and he tells me, he says, he, he said, I just went over, he says, it was like 15 minutes later. And this guy finished his Shimonesh, Marv was over, and this fellow with the shorts and, and, and the work boots was davening for the next 15 minutes. And he waited for him to finish. He says, I was going to go over to him. He says, when I first saw him coming in for Marv, and I was going to come over to him after Marv and say, that's not how we come to Marv. He says, but I went over to him after him and I said, can you teach me how to daven? Because it looks on the outside like there's something missing, but on, but, but on the inside, it doesn't mean that there's a requirement to daven later on and to learn how to dress properly for tefillah, because tunus achitzonis merishas apinimius. But dressing it up on the outside doesn't make it certain that it's necessarily happening on the inside. You know, there was a, a tunnel that was made in, uh, in England called the Channel Tunnel. I remember I heard Neretz Israel for the first time when they when they introduced England and France, I remember the first time I went across, it was across the English Channel on, on, on a boat. And all of a sudden they have a, whoop, they have a, a tunnel that you go underneath and it, and it connects, I don't know, it's been 30 some odd years ago. So they said that when they, they were taking bids to see who's going to get the, who's going to get the, uh, the, the, the job, you know, the, it's a public bid. So they went around, it's going to be $3 billion or $4 billion. They saw there was, you know, for, for $2,875, you know, uh, Berkowitz and Berkowitz, you know, an engineering firm. They're gonna they're gonna put the whole thing together. So they have to go ex examine the, the lowest bid. So they went and they and they said, you know, like how do you plan to build build tunnels? He says, my brother's gonna dig from France, and I'm gonna start digging from England, and we're gonna meet in the middle. And I think he says, okay. He says, but what if you don't meet in the middle? He says, then you get two tunnels. <laughs> You know, so there's a part of us which is clamoring to get out from the inside, which wants to express itself. That's called his oris haseichel. He says, now the intellect, now the person's cooking from the inside out. And there's a part which is looking for congruity on the inside, which is the way that we're educated from, from, from the outside in. So this whole concept of a person is where his thoughts are, you could prove it from, you could prove it. There's no greater proof than someone, for example, like Asaph, right? Pariah, Asaph. Look at who Asaph had for parents. Look what Esav had for a Chavrusa, right? Look what he had for a Zaydi. He had the three Avos, Avos el Shloshi. He had Abraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov around him. He was surrounded by the greats. He had a mother, Rivka. My bench are daughters. We say she'd be like Rivka. He, he, he was destined to marry Leah. He, he knew of Leah and he knew Leah and, 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 and Rachel. And he had a bubby, he had a, he had a bubby uh, Sarah he never met. But he saw these people. He was around, surrounded by these people, and he would have gotten 100 on his, on, on his Torah regents. He got 100 on his Torah regents. That's why the head is buried in Maris Machpelah, but, but, but the heart, he was missing the heart. He never turned on his heart. Nobody can do that for a person. Nobody can do it for somebody else. It's something that the person has to do, has to turn on his own heart light. You've got to do it for yourself. Nobody can do it for you. Chobos with Bubbles is a manual on how to begin to think and how to begin to orient our minds. Lot's wife, when she was leaving, so, 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 um, go back to Asaph one second. Asaph was a giant. He probably would have been the, the, the keynote speaker at the Yaguda convention. He knew everything. So they said, oh, he went out to hunt and his brother went to learn. He went to learn too. But the window was open a little bit. And he, he was looking outside. And while the Rebbe is saying, you know, Asaph, you know where we are? You know, he said, oh, yes. And he snapped back. In the meantime, he was watching a little deer 
dance outside, prancing by, and he was imagining that, the, that, that the, an arrow was going into his heart and the blood was pulsing out all over the place. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, yes, oh, yeah, we're right here, Rebbe. You know? Because that's where he was. He was out in the, he was out in the field. He was Nish Soda, Yudayat Said. He was thinking about trapping. That's what he was dreaming about. He was dreaming about the wrong things while he was, should have been learning, while he should have been focused on what he's doing over there in Yeshiva. His heart was not there. And Lot's wife, she looked back. The whole place was going up in smoke. Kingdom come. And she had a future ahead of her. She could have looked at the future. But she left her heart in San Francisco. And she turned around. The swimming pools, the movie stars, the whole thing back there, and the, and, and, and the new, you know, uh, the newly installed floors, and the, and the whole marble, you know, and, and, and the granite top counter and everything. And, and she, I, I can't leave it behind. So if that's where you are, then that's where you are entirely. That's where you are entirely, the, 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 the Baal Shem Tov said. So what is, it, what is the notion of Chavos of We'll get a few practical examples of it. I do believe that what it, it, it's, an, it's an Hashem-centered life. It's not a from life. It's not a from lifestyle. It's a Hashem-centered life. How many times I heard from Shem Shem Pincus, it was like hard to understand him. He said, my Hashem. My Hashem. He talked about my Hashem. I remember my Hashem. It's my God. It's my God. It's my personal God. I have a personal relationship. I have a personal relationship with Hashem. It's daunting. Sounds crazy. But a father's waiting for his child to come in and say, Abba, how you doing? You talking to me? You know, there's a time, there's a period when kids wander away from their, when they wander away from their, parents. They think their parents are like, what do they know? That, you know, what well, is important for them to go through those years to separate themselves, to develop their own identity. But it can become hazardous, you know, because they think that they're, you know, they're better in every way. And then when you're doing carpool, they, sh they, you know, don't talk to my friends, you know, just get us close to the curb. I won't inherit your money, you know, don't do me any favors. Thank you. You know, they're embarrassed. But I remember, you know, my kid had a couple of boys in Eretz Israel. I went to visit them. We took out a little, I took a little efficiency apartment. And you know, I hadn't seen him for, for a whole year. And, and now we're going to spend Shabbos together. And one of my boys says, he says, Abba, he says, can, one came to me first and the other one came to me later. He said, can I invite it over my friends? I said, what, 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 for, what do you mean invite? He said, for Shabbos. They can come join us for the, for the Sudas. I, I said, yeah. He says, I, I said, why? He said, I said, I told them all about you and they, they can't wait to meet you. He told them, <laughs> you know, the, the, I, I'm elated. Because you know, father's waiting. Like you know, I, I I didn't know you respected me. I didn't know I didn't know I was in. You know, I'll take care of you. I'll do everything for you. But I didn't know until 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 now. You, you now you're looking for me. Beautiful, fine. Because Baruch was waiting, is waiting for that also. Waiting so, so now suddenly we decide that we want to include Hashem. We want to do, and that's not just words. It's Shvi Hashem Lenegdi Samit. I'm going with Hashem. Imagine Hashem surrounds the world. Hashem fills the world. Einot Nuvado Efezulaso. Kadosh, 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 Hashem, Svakos, Moloch, Kol Haaretz, Kabbalah, the world is dense with Hashem. And to think, and the Chavos of Hobbes gives a couple of different things to think about. And after thinking about these few obvious things, suddenly we address things that are so obvious that suddenly the heart begins to burst with gratitude. And we say the words. I mean, these words are very easy, and it's, it's easy for me to say it. It comes very glibly off the tongue. Gratitude, you know, but, but to have, when you say that word, to have, like, pictures in the brain. I'll just tell you, I don't know how many people are here old enough. Maybe I see a few around that might be old enough to remember Hurricane Gloria. Who remembers Hurricane Gloria, right? I think it was 30, 30 I know it's 30 years ago. So I was just, my wife and I will have been married now 30 years in the summer. 
So 30 years ago, Hurricane Gloria. Remember Hurricane Gloria? It was Eros Sukkot. Everybody put up their sukkahs, and Hurricane Gloria came and took down everybody's sukkah. So my wife and I were newly married. We were living in a cute little apartment, Gwen. That was Gwen, you know, Gwen. That was the old days, Gwen. And I remember it was so cute. She thought, you know, I couldn't stand up like a keeper, you know, and they, like they, this is how they, one of the, you know, one of the punishments in the Gemara Sanhedrin talk, you know, I, I couldn't stand up, you know, in, in, in the living room. It was so cute, you know, <laughs> you know, so petite. I couldn't stand up in the living room. It was like I had a low ceiling, like a, like a, six, a six foot four ceiling. Isn't that cute? <laughs> and then Hurricane Gloria came and brought 18 inches of water to, to the, uh, to, from the floor. So between the, between the, the, the water level and the low ceiling, I needed a gondola to get into the back room, to get clothing, to get, you know, it was, it was a disaster. And we found ourselves cast out, sukkahs, that we were cast out of our house, and we were running to other people's sukkahs and other people's homes. And I came to one of my Rebbeim's house, and he says, Rebbeim, <laughs> he says, do you remember a guy named, and he gave me a name of a fellow that used to be in Yeshiva or Semech many years ago, maybe 28, 29, maybe, maybe, I'm sorry, maybe 32 years ago. His name was Jack, Jack. Jack S. I'll just give you first initial over there. He says, I said, yeah, I remember. He says, I was just at his wedding last week. I had been married a month or two, but he was just, the Rebbe said he was just at his wedding last week. He says, you remember him? And I'll tell you, this fellow Jack had come to Yeshiva. What happened? He was a real estate agent in Toronto, working only on commission basis, okay? And that means that he's not going to get paid unless he makes a sale. Two years had gone by, he had not made one sale. He's a rookie, you know, and he's hungry. Suddenly a nice from family with a big, large family is looking for a, a big, beautiful piece of property and they've engaged him as their broker. Ooh. And he's that close you know, to, to making the deal. He must have you know, been a little extra exuberant, a little shown too much excitement, didn't keep his uh, cards close enough to his, you know, to, you know, his poker face. And they sensed he was excited. And they said, uh, you know, we're about to go to closing on the house over here. We're gonna do everything. But uh, we're only gonna buy it on the condition if, um, after we move in, that you come to us for two Shabbos in a row, <clears throat> and then you go spend a week at Orsameach in Muncie, which is a little fledgling branch at that time. And he says, you can't mix religion and business. So the husband said, Malka, let's go talk to that other broker. He also had a nice house, you know, right nearby. He goes, no, 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 no. You know, so with his arm twisted high behind his back, uncle, you know, he decided he gave in, he caved in. And I remember he had just spent, he you know, told us he had just spent those two Shabbos's in Toronto by the, that family, that nice family. And then to fulfill his agreement, he came to, uh, he, he came to Ursamech Muncie. He stayed for a week. He's a talented fellow. I think he played piano. He had some other guy's guitar. And then after the one week, he fulfilled his obligation. It was Yotza sign. So, ach, Yotza, Yotza, it's time for him to, to take off. And we had a Malava Malka, Motsi Shabbos, and we sang until three o'clock in the morning until everybody was exhausted and, and, and the food was gone. And we said goodbye, and he came back next week. And he stayed in Yeshiva for six months. And then he left. But he didn't go back to Toronto, he went to Israel. And he stayed there for another year and a half. And I haven't seen him since the time that he left after those six months. I have not seen him. I've been in email contact with him though recently. Only recently. So the rabbi tells me, a few years later, he tells me, he says, I was just at his wedding. Apparently he came back to Toronto. He found the Chavrusa. And now he knows how to learn. And he figured out how to, you know, to do Yigish Nehem Meshkach to work and to learn. And he's learning, and he's making some money. And, and he met a, a nice young lady. And Baruch Hashem, the only daughter, the only child of a Holocaust survivor family. I said, that's very nice. I saw Mazel Tov. He told me, that's not what I wanted to tell you. I said, what did the Rebbe want to tell me? He says that 
it was a giant wedding. It was a fellow, the father happened to be a wealthy fellow, and they made a huge wedding. I said, oh, that's very nice. He says, there were, there were many, many, many hundreds of guests. I said, fantastic. You know? He says, that's not what I wanted to tell you. I said, what did the Rebbe want to tell me? He says, at the wedding, he says, the father of the bride stands up, and the dishes are moving around, and the waiters, and there's a lot of hubbub in the room. It's during the mealtime, and the father stands up at the microphone at the podium, and he's a little old Holocaust survivor man. He says, I'd like to serve your votes. You know, that's a, very, that's, a, that's a way to grab an audience, by the way. I'd like to serve your votes, you know. I'll show votes. And everybody's continuing to mill around. Here's the man paying for the whole meal over there, and nobody's listening to anything. And finally, he moves a little closer, clears his throat, and he says, everybody's got a story, but they want to say about themselves. He says, I want to tell you a story about myself. Oh, Suddenly, everybody got hushed quiet, and they move a little closer, and they want to hear some sublimated Lushen Hara, something, something about somebody that, that, that's speaking to them. And he tells over the following, he says, when the war was over, he says, I was less than 70 pounds. I was skin, I was bone. He says, and the gates of the camp opened up. He says, and my, my, my wish was just to get beyond the, 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 the gates and to, just to defy my oppressors. He says, and with my last ounces of strength, he says, I crawled beyond that boundary of the gate that had kept us in and, and, and hemmed us in and, 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 and broken our hopes, he says, and, and he says, and then with my last ounce, he says, I turned myself over and I fell into a pit, I rolled into a pit and I surrendered my life over there. I said, I'm giving myself back to a Kodesh Baruch He says, I lie in that pit. He says, I don't know how long I'm in that pit. He says, maybe it was, a, maybe it was an hour, maybe it was a day, maybe it was a week. He says, I was hovering between worlds. And says, and suddenly at one moment, he says, I felt myself being picked up. <laughs> and I was being carried, and I was being carried by, he called at that time, he says, a base Yaakov girl was carrying me. And she was carrying me maybe, maybe, maybe 10 kilometers, she carried me until they reached the town. And she brought me into her family, apparently her family was hiding in the shadow of the camp over there, and they, and they were hiding as Gentiles, they were disguising themselves. And she brings the, the, this, 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 this skin and bones, this, this man in, she brings him in, and she goes, ah, but we have to take care of him, we have to, we have to do something for him. And I said, what can we do for him, he's too sick. But they were people of influence, they were people of means, and they managed to get me into a, into a hospital, and they got me a hospital bed. He says, they nursed me with an eyedropper until I was able to get enough strength to stand up on my feet. He says, but somebody else needed the bed as soon as I was capable, and they, they threw me out of the hospital. He says, and I found myself back in the street, and I made my way back to their house. He says, but they were gone. Everybody was gone. People were going different places. Some were going to North America. Some people were going to South America. Some people were going to, 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 to Israel. They were going to all over the world. He says, but nobody was staying there. They were in DP camps for a while, but then they, they disappeared to other places. He says, so I gathered some monies together. I got into a boat, and he says, I ended up coming to, to, to North America, and I ended up in Toronto. And every week or so, I'd look, in, I'd look in the newspapers, and I'd look around and see maybe there's a society meeting from somebody from my town. Somebody that could put the, the, the shards of my life together, the broken pieces. Maybe there's somebody, I can meet them, and they'll tell me, oh, I knew your cantor, I knew the father, I knew your, the butcher in your town. I knew he says, and I would go there, and I was a shy fellow, and I never met anybody that I knew. I'd go home even lonelier than ever. He says, at one time I went to one of these society meetings, one of these community meetings, hoping to see somebody. I looked across the room and I saw somebody. And I recognized it. I, I said, it's, I think it's who I think it is. And I, and I went over and I introduced myself. And it turned out to be, he says, yes, it was. He says, it was that base Yaakov girl, the one that carried me. He says, I, picked, he says, he says, I, 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 I affirmed it, that it was her. He says, and, 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 he says and, and, we, and we spoke for many hours. He says, at the end of the night, he says, I thanked her, and 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 I thanked her, like nobody has ever thanked another human being before in their life. He says, three weeks later, we were married. He says, and Hashem blessed us with one child, one daughter. He says, and I've never shared this story out, out loud before. He says, because I've been waiting all this time 
to have an opportunity, he says, in front of a, a crowd like this, he says, in order to have an opportunity to say thank you to somebody who has not only been the best friend and helpmate and an assistant in life that a person could ever ask for, but somebody who literally saved my life, he says, I want to take this opportunity to thank my wife. And Rabbi said, he said, they were handing out tissues in the men's section at that time over there. An authentic moment. And, 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 if, and if somebody needs to say or feels the obligation to say thank you to somebody that carried them 10 kilometers out of a pit, then Allah has come of a comma, then how much more so for Kodesh Baruch Hu, who hateth, who mateth, who yateth, Lano Kodesh Baruch has been carrying us our whole lives. He's spinning the world at a thousand miles an hour. And we're hurtling on an elliptical journey around the sun at, at almost 67,000 miles an hour. It's more than 10 kilometers. He's been taking care of and doing all of these things. And therefore, the Chofetz of Abbas gives a few different suggestions. Let's just, we'll just take a few of them. A few. He says in, in a shark called Cheshbon and Nefesh. Just a few little peaks. One shark of the Cheshbon and Nefesh. He says, Ooh. In Shark Cheshbon and Nefesh, he says, a person should imagine, he says, to understand that a Kodesh Borchu is so obvious. Made, a, made us, he said, it's cool chesed. He made us completely, it was oh, oh, total chesed. Chesed means you don't owe anybody something. Right? If I borrowed $1,000 from you and I pay it back, so I, I pay you $1,000 because I owe you $1,000. But a Kodesh Boko is doing, it's, it's cool chesed. Kodesh Boko didn't owe us life. He didn't have to make us. He didn't have to make the world. It's all chesed. Amarti ki olam chesed yabani. It was a total, it's a gift. It's a total gift. And the fact that we say thank you is not because the Kodesh Baruch Hu needs to thank, thank you, it's because it's important for our hearts, it's important for us to align ourselves with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, to say thank you. It's, it's mind-boggling. He says the Kodesh Baruch Hu made us a human being. We make a bracha in the morning, Shalom Asani Goy, but he could have made us, he could have made us a squirrel, an indecisive squirrel. Instead he made us indecisive human being. He could have made us an arachnid, a spider. He could have made us a bird. He could have made us an earthworm. He could have made us anything else, but he made us a human being. He says he made us a Jew. And he made us complete and whole. And he gave us a Torah that we can bridge and we can navigate through this world into the next world. Told him about. Those are three, four, five in the beginning. Gratitude. It's easy to say gratitude. My daughter came up with a phrase like this that somebody gave to her, and I think I twisted it, but I like the way that we twisted it better than the one I looked it up, and I said, oh, that's how they oh, I don't like the way it goes like that. You want to make a list? Feel gratitude. Okay, feel gratitude. Feel gratitude. Make a list. Okay, I got tired of making a list. But the saying goes like this. The improved saying. What if you woke up tomorrow with only those things that you thanked Hashem for today? Hello? I think the phrase that I saw says, what if you woke up today with the things you thanked Hashem for yesterday? Okay, too little, too late. Okay. I like it. It's more empowering. What if you woke up tomorrow with only those things you thanked Hashem for today? Wow. If I knew that would be true, I... Eyelashes, eyelids, digestive and enzymes and oxygen and family and a brother and a mother and a wife and the time is flying by. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I won't stop thanking Hashem. So that gives leverage, that primes the pump for the list. Wow. Okay? So at least sometime in life to thank for kidneys. Right? You know, we don't know we, what we got till it's gone. Okay? Take just a few more quick examples. There's a sharp Bechina he talks about. He's trying to get us 
take a look. You can be with Hashem. I don't see Hashem, but I see what Hashem does. He says, everywhere you're going to look, you're going to see one of five qualities. You'll see, you'll see the power of Hashem. The Gavros Hashem. I gave out to my teachers a you know, little cartoon or something. I was around Pesach time. I was thinking about a chok. You know, chok is the real thing. Chok. So he's like, the fellow sitting there studying a sign, and the sign says, the sign says, he's looking at it seriously. Laws of gravity, strictly enforced. Yeah. That's what it is, you know. No matter what you feel about it, whether the, 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 the federal government is going to decide to, you know, uh, to apply the law or not apply, it's gravity. And I started cogitating gravity. And I was always thinking, always wondered, like, we're over here in the Chinese people are down there walking on the other side of the earth, you know, like an ant walking on the ceiling. Like, how do they do that, you know? They're walking on the other side. And then I started thinking about not only the Chinese people are being held, pulled into gravity, but the whole ocean on the other side, the whole Indian Ocean. All that water is being pulled into the center over here and being held exactly in place. Mikolos Maim Rabim, look at the Gevur Hashem. When you open up the smallest particle of existence, we find out in the, in the latter part of the 20th century, oceans, oceans of energy come flying out of the smallest particle. Uranium happens to be the fissionable stuff that they can split open, but, but you see how much power is packed into things that we can't even see. And you see unity. Anybody who even got through high school chemistry, I didn't get much beyond that, but I'm interested in science stuff. You see from the periodic table, oh, the Gansa periodic table, oh, it's all the same stuff, right? Hydrogen is the lightest stuff, then you got the fluidy stuff, and then you got the heavy metal down on the bottom. Led Zeppelin, you know, all the good ones down on the bottom. Uranium. But if you look, it's all, all those numbers that are, that are around it, it's all telling you that how many particles and how much they have in, in, in the neutrons and in the protons and how much is, is, is in the center of it, in the heart of it. And then the rest of it is how many of the little planets of, of, of electrons are, are spinning at various valences around. But if you open up any one of them, it's all the same sublime energy. Hashem It's all the same stuff. Anybody can demonstrate from, from, from chemistry, even though we have a variety of particles and, and, and appearances of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, but it's all really one. We're made up of C6H12O6, and it's, it's all made, it's all this, but it's inside, it's all, the same, it's all the same energy, it's all the same stuff. And you see the kindliness. And the Chobos of Abba spends a lot of time looking to see the kindliness. Everything is, everything is done with a, with a cheshman of kindliness. Everything. Take a look. Everybody get different type of hair patterns. So look around the room over here. Some people have hair, okay? I'm jealous. I used, to, I used to complain about bad hair days when I was a kid. Now I look back nostalgically about hair days, okay? But some people's hair goes back, some people goes this, some wavy, kinky, you know, split, widow's peaks. Keep it up, okay? her. <clears throat> but everybody's got eyebrows that go out. Their hair pattern goes out. Find me one person with eyebrows, you know, unless you're going to doctor them seriously. The eyebrow pattern goes out. Why? Why is that? Very simple. Because the Pasuk says, You can be medayik from the, from the world, just like you can be medayik from a Pasuk. Because the Kodesh Baruch Hu looked into the Torah, This is the Kulam B'chokmas, he says, the wisdom of Kodesh Baruch Hu. And you can ask kashas, you can, you can ask from the Bria, you can ask with your thumb. 
And take a look and try to, why is it made that way? What's the chesed that's in it? Where's the power? Where you, what's it, what is it telling me? What is, it, what is the Kodesh Baruch expressing over here? Where's the wisdom of a Kodesh Baruch that comes shining out of this thing? Eyebrows. So, Koyach HaPoyel Benifal, I saw in the, or Meor Naim, it says in the quotes of Zohar there in the first page. I don't know if I got beyond the first page. Okay. It says, Koyach HaPoyel Benifal in the footnote. The power of the actor is in his actions. So you see the wisdom of a Kodesh Baruch So the person is, is, is working. He stands up and now these little sweat beads start to flow down his forehead and his dust kicking up in the air because he's working in the field or wherever outside and now the dust is headed towards the eye. 80% of what I know of what's going on in this room looking around I, uh, you know, is coming from visual acuity. I see what's going on. I see from vision. And all of a sudden if a little thing would go right into my eye, ooh, suddenly my eye would become irritated, closed up and I'd be blocked out of you know, knowing what's going on in my life. I'd have to work hard to pick up the other 80% like, like a blind person, I'd be blind. So the eye is buried inside these two crevices in this rock over here. It's not in the middle of my forehead that someone's going to bump my head and go, oh, I'm blind now. No, it's in here. It's buried in a, in, in, in a secure place, in a, in a rocky mountain. And then as the water's coming down, it looks like it's going to threaten the eye, just like you have on top of the house. You have the leaders and the gutters. You know, suddenly it goes... It hits the eye and it naturally flows, right, down the temples and it disappears unless you have the split brow. I have daughters too, you know, the break brow and it goes down here and it goes down the bridge of your nose, but it doesn't go directly into your eye. And if something does happen to get penetrate through this little bushy uh, eyebrow over here, it gets to the eyelash which is naturally curved up and you give a blink and it drops off and it disappears. So nothing goes right and directly into the eye. The windows, the, the, you, have the, you have the eaves that are coming off the edge of the house and therefore the forebrow is, is forward for a man who stands erect. Chesed. How come a skunk has a white stripe down its back? A friend of mine asked. He says, Reb he called me up, Mosi Shabbos. I was thinking, how come? I think, okay, think. And how come a, a raccoon has, you know, they all look like they escaped from the same prison. Why? The same uniform. And yet a cat has this in markings and tabby and, and white. Why? And we thought about it. I said, okay. Kenzai, maybe. That when you send your kid outside to play in the back and you tell him, don't be afraid of kitty, kitty. <laughs> but if you see kitty, kitty, Looks like he just went under a white picket fence and, and, you know, and, he, and that was freshly painted and he got a white stripe down his back. Don't, don't go over and pet kitty, kitty, kitty. Because he's going to give you a, uh, he's going to lift his tail and you don't have, we don't have enough tomato juice at home you know, to, to, to bathe away that problem. Over there. He's going to give you a stink bomb. And if you see this other guy stepping out of the garbage can, that's not kitty, kitty. If he looks like, he just, you know, like he's got two black eyes, like a battered, uh, I don't know what, you know? Then don't, don't go near him. Because he could be carrying rabies. He's dangerous. And when you go down the stairs near the laundry room and you see this bottle, it says lemon, and it has a picture of a beautiful lemon, don't open it up and drink it because it sells skull cuss and bones over there because it's a lemon ammonia, ammonia that's, that, that's used for washing and cleaning. It's dangerous. It's poison. Stay away from poison. The Kodesh Boko marked the poison. Chesed. And, and wisdom. A bat. Which is a few of them. A bat. Crazy. A bat is giving off 60,000 beeps a second, and each beep is different, that he can fly without eyes, and he can pick up a fly. I can't even catch a fly with my eyes. If I want to, like, get him out of here, get him out of here. He's too fast. But a bat's going to swoop down, and he's eating, and he's, he's gnashing on flies all day long, and he can't even see them. It's all coming with, with radar sounds, and we haven't got planes that are so sensitive that can do what, what, what a bat can do. And he's able to distinguish one beep from another beep. He's sending out a signal, and one, one signal has to be distinguished from another signal, and he's sending out 60,000 a second, and, it's, and it takes many multiple seconds for him to do his business. And there's a, there's a cave in New Mexico that has 240 million bats, and they're all flying around, and they're not bumping into each other. There's no accidents. 
How do they distinguish their beeps from anybody else's beeps? Explain it. Chachma. And then you see efficiency. We'll finish up with this. Efficiency. There's no vestigial organs in the human body. He used to take out the mumps. He used to, the, 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 what's it called? Not the mumps. The, uh, the, the tonsils. And then they find out it has, some, it, it has an important function. There's nothing that doesn't have an important function. Everything is, everything is done with efficiency. The same throat that allows us to breathe is the same throat that allows us to eat. There's a food pipe and there's a windpipe. When one opens, the other one closes. When one closes, the other one opens. Don't talk when you're eating because you don't want the, you don't want the one you're eating that one should open and it should go down the wrong pipe. Mashiva Ruch Geshem. It's either Ruchnius or Gashem. It's either wind or it's meat or it's food, but it's not, it's not both open at the same time. And you go on the highway and you got this guy with the flag, man. He's, he's looking to see, they're trying to gonna open it up to let the, you know, the traffic go this way and the traffic's going to go that way. And the Kodesh Broker's got the thing going on here. We never even thought about it once in our life. And then you got a, a snake that has a, that has a poison that could kill a horse in, in, in less than a minute. And he's got this incredible venom in that little, that little kepi he's got over there. So he's got hypodermic needles for teeth. So there's a fellow named Michael Behe wrote a book called, called Darwin's Black Box, and he talks about something called irreducible complexity. How's it possible? He says that, that thing came about gradually. Nothing came about gradually. This was all part of one teleological plan, one design plan over here. Because if you take a look at it, what did he need those big, those big goofy fangs for with a hypodermic needle if he wasn't producing in his body this, this, this dangerous chemical to make a living? And, 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 and what did he need to produce a dangerous chemical in his body if he didn't have a delivery system, if he didn't have a hypodermic needle in order to stab a horse? So both of them had to have been designed to work together. Everything was made with, with design. And therefore the Chavz of Abba says, this is just the beginning of a list. Take a look. You want to walk with Hashem? You're not going to see Hashem, but you'll see what Hashem is doing all day long. You can identify. That's wisdom. That's unity. That's power. That's kindliness. That's efficiency. Everywhere. Avram Vino got into the business. Avram got into the business of Chavos Lovavos. And we got raised on the business of Chavos Avarin because we're cooking from the outside. He says, but the ultimate goal, the Chavos of Abbas says, is get to the heart, is to wake up the heart. His ori, his ori, afar kumi. And therefore, this is the whole premise over here. He says that we're only going to get olamaba for the Chavos of Abbas. So one very practical eight, so he came up with is when davening. Ezo vodah shebeleiv, zutvila. Is to take a moment and you have to you know, like get on fire yet from, you know, just to, to, to look at the words, but look at the words before we say them. We look at the words before that we say them, then you'll see it'll be a transformational experience, and then we'll find out we're talking to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, if we're talking to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and then we open up our eyes, and we begin to take a look at the Sefer, and you see already there's a way to take a look and examine everything that you see in the world, and to realize that even in the things that men are doing, it's also Devar Hashem. Kodesh Baruch Hu put the genius inside of a human being that he can discover a computer. You know? Don't let this thing you know, fool you in any clips of Kodesh Baruch Hu. I once heard, very briefly, I heard Rabbi Wine I was talking about his father-in-law, Rabbi Levin. He said, I heard on a bootleg tape called uh, Pete Rose and the Jewish Question years ago. It was a, when there were still tapes around. And he said, he said that he's, he, he got a call from his, I don't think he's published in any books anyplace. He said, he, call, he, called his, he got a call from his father-in-law who was in the hospital. He was in his mid-90s. He was a rub in, 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 um, in Detroit for many years, his father-in-law. And he said, uh, 
and, and his father was telling him, says, you know, he's in the hospital, he's okay. And he says, and they have these, these, uh, these things on his body to measure his heart. And they have a monitor there that's showing where his heart is beating. He goes, oh, that's, that's amazing. He says, no, no. He says, he says, this young doctor comes into me, and he tells me something like, um, he says, you know, I, I tell him, that's amazing. Take a look at that, you know, and you see the heart beating on the monitor. And the doctor says, he says, he says, that's nothing, Rabbi Levin. In a couple of years, we won't need any intrusive nodes. We'll be able to just measure it by, you know, pointing a, you know, uh, an object at the you know, heart, and we'll be able to get that picture, and we'll have a much clearer and finer picture. There's new technology coming out. And he says, I interrupted. He says, this, this doctor in the middle of his diatribe, and I said, fool, nar. He says, I'm not talking about the machine. He says, I'm talking about the heart. He says, look at the heart. That thing has been beating inside my chest for the last 95 years uninterrupted. He says, and sometimes we get a little bit <laughs> over amazed and, and, and thunderstruck by, you know, a kid plugs in a, a vacuum cleaner and he thinks he, uh, and, he, and he flips on the button, he thinks he, he discovered electricity and, 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 and invented a vacuum cleaner, you know? <laughs> you know. These things were put into the ground. This wisdom was put into the, woven into the heart of man that we should be able to discover how to fly. We should be able to discover how to communicate with each other across the world over there. It doesn't eclipse a Kodesh Baruch It shows the great wisdom and the power of a Kodesh Baruch The Chavaz of says in other places that even when you're looking at the things that men are doing, it shouldn't, it shouldn't cause us to think that we're somehow superior to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's also a simon, it's also a sign of the wisdom of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So this is just the beginning of a subject to get an appetite for, and I recommend, you know, recommended reading. Chavaz Avavah says this is not the shir, that's the end, that we started it. We started a subject over here, and hopefully everybody will take on a career of learning about and thinking about Chavaz Avavah's Shkoyach.